Hello and welcome to How to Build a Music Venue, where we get backstage access to the largest redevelopment to happen in Bristol's cultural landscape for a generation. I'm Harriet Robinson, a Bristol local journalist and massive music fan, and I'm looking at the multi-million pound transformation of one of the country's most iconic music venues, the Grade 2 listed Colston Hall in Bristol. Now, regular listeners will know that music is one of my biggest passions, which is why it's a joy to present a series like this. But for those of you that know a little bit more about me, this episode has got me very excited. I have to say, I'm a little bit of an eco-warrior, so over the past couple of years, I've been trying my best to live a greener lifestyle. So uh, maybe that's a little bit of a hint about what this episode will include. Now, there's a bit of hubbub in the background, and that's because we're at the venue waiting for an announcement from Bristol Music Trust's Chief Executive, Louise Mitchell. We're using the opportunity of building transformation to place sustainability centre stage in our organisation, using the closure period to relook our entire business and making wholesale changes to ensure that we are as sustainable as we can possibly be. I'm pleased to announce Bristol Music Trust's ambition for Colston Hall to become carbon neutral by 2030. Amazing. It's such a cool ambition from Colston Hall. And not only will this space be fully accessible for audiences and artists alike, it will be a hub for community and schools music education. It will house workshops, interactive spaces and exhibitions that capture its stories and heritage. Plus, as you just heard, the Trust are the first UK concert hall to announce their ambition to be carbon neutral by 2030. I've just managed to put myself into a corner and nab someone that can tell us a little bit more about Colston Hall's Green Initiative. Rosa Corbishley, hello. Hello. You're the Development Director at the venue. What's today all about? Today is an exciting day for us. It's the day we announce our intention to become a carbon neutral building. And what does that mean? What will you be doing to become carbon neutral? We are partway through a really significant transformation project. We're you know ripping the building apart next door. And that presents a huge opportunity in improving the built sustainable elements of the hall. There were lots already sort of designed in by the architects, but sort of enhancing those if we can at this stage. But then it's also about organisational change going forward and so there are lots of elements that we're keen to focus on there's talking to our audience which is a huge part of the story and being a cultural megaphone for this message there's also elements around our procurement um, green procurement uh, there's elements around waste management and recycling and f- and food waste it's about taking the business apart and looking about how each of those elements can be more sustainable than they are at the moment and towards carbon neutrality And why now? Why did the Hall decide that they wanted to make this decision now? We are responding to the climate crisis. It's so to the fore of everybody's minds at the moment as organisation after organisation declares a climate emergency. And we wanted to do that, and we will be doing that with a number of colleagues, but it's about doing more. It's about going as far as we possibly can. We take our responsibility to our audience very powerfully. We take our responsibility in the city really powerfully, and, and this is it's about showing leadership at, at its core. Now, I actually spoke to Emma Bombonato from Sydney Opera House a few days ago, and she is the Environmental Sustainability Manager there. So we're going to be hearing that interview a little bit later in the podcast. But for now, what are they doing that's inspired the team here? All of their work inspired us from the, from the outset. We wanted to respond to this climate emergency, and we looked globally and saw who was doing it brilliantly. And I'm an Australian, and what the Sydney Opera House has done is clearly completely inspiring. They 
put a marker in the sand and then they achieved carbon neutrality five years before their target they achieved it in 2018 so that's incredibly significant the building was built by Yornot so it had many green elements well before being energy efficient was um, even thought of but it's uh, it's a real beacon internationally and so we're so proud to have that link so what plans are in place to make the venue more sustainable what plans do you already have in place well throughout the transformation 100% of the waste materials will not go to landfill they'll be recycled in some way the building also has plans around low water use it's got a lot of sort of sustainable wood use throughout the space it's obviously a lovely acoustic reverberant material as well We've got photovoltaic panels on the roof, which will provide us with energy. There's also use of LED lights throughout the space. So just even the lights in our performance space will take the energy usage down to 13% of the energy we were using previously. So that's, that's amazing. Yeah, so that's a big impact straight away, just with LED lights. A big part is heating and cooling. So we have to explore all potential renewable sources. So there are air source heat pumps that we could explore. And it's also about whenever we do use energy, it being renewable. And how important is this for an arts organisation to become carbon neutral or for you even to think about your sustainability? I think it's essential. We talk to 300,000 people a year and on reopening we'll be welcoming 500,000 people through our doors every year. That's a huge number of people who, if everybody walks out, or even a large proportion of those, work out with a clearer sense of what they can be doing in this context will be you know, an immensely powerful thing and we need to do whatever we can as individuals and actually together we'll make a huge difference. Thanks so much, Rosa. It's super fascinating. I'm so excited. Are you excited? Yes, I am. (laughs) I'm going to go and find another unexpected interviewee, so thank you. Thank you. I've just managed to nab another guest. Tim, we just heard you speaking and talking about your role. Tim is the co-founder of Pucker Herbs and newly appointed board member of Bristol Music Trust. Congrats! Woohoo! Thank you so much. Yeah, really excited to be here. It's a first for me, actually, and um, thanks to the Bristol Music Trust for trusting me to be a trustee. I'm really looking forward to the journey uh, and being on board in this critical moment of, of, of transitional transformation for the whole of the Bristol Music Trust and the Colston Hall and excited about working with some amazing people here who put their heart and soul into making this an amazing place for the community here in Bristol and let's see what happens. Exactly. Talking of community, I suppose there's a, a sort of link between music, community and sustainability. How do you think that Colston Hall can spread their message of sustainability to its audiences? Colston Hall has been it was at the heart of Bristol. It's also the heart of my music scene. I've been coming here for 25, 30 years or so, so I've seen a lot of good gigs here. I think the best way that Colston Hall and Bristol Music Trust can spread their message about sustainability is to actually act and lead by example really and it's great today that, that you know we've come up and Louise has just said we want to be carbon neutral by 2030 uh, and hopefully that's going to start making people think you know it's out in the press today people listening to it it's a strong commitment Are you feeling optimistic about the target of 2030? Yeah I am there's some great ambition it's not, it's not just about ambition but there's also some good thought gone into it as well and as Louise said today there's some practical things that already started along the way so you know it's, kind of, it's been kind of part of the consciousness so far within the people and the practices here and it's just bringing that to life now in a, in a stronger kind of together commitment that's now a, a commitment to, the, to a goal maybe they can do it before who knows a bit of a challenge there for everyone but you know we, we need things to change fast so um, but it's a great commitment made today an exciting journey ahead. A very exciting journey. We're really looking forward to it. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you. 
I'm Harriet Robinson and you're listening to Colston Hall's How to Build a Music Venue podcast. You can join in the conversation on Twitter anytime using the hashtag TransformTheHall. We'd love to hear from you. And for more information about the project, just head to colstonhall.org slash transformthehall. So, as you've heard from this afternoon of announcements and talks, Bristol Music Trust is pledging to be carbon neutral by 2030. There's help from a few sources to ensure they reach their goal, but another venue, the first carbon neutral music venue in the world, and possibly the most iconic venue in the world, really have their backs. I spoke to the Environmental Sustainability Manager, Emma Bombonato, from Sydney Opera House, about their role as international sustainability advisors to Colston Hall. Here's what Emma had to say. So the Sydney Opera House's vision is to inspire and strengthen the community in everything that we do, and it's a really important part of sustainability at the Opera House, is to make sure that we are inspiring the uh, community for greater and positive action. So in order for us to be carbon neutral, that's part of our leadership position, we hope that we inspire others to be brave. And we also are hoping that we're paving the way and making it easier for people to know that if a World Heritage listed building can achieve uh, these goals, then it's also possible for those people as well. And also that we're here to help and provide guidance along the way, if we can. The Sydney Opera House achieved its carbon neutrality by firstly developing a carbon neutral strategy and working on reducing electricity, which is about 80% of our total footprint. So it was really important that we invested all of our effort and energy into reducing our electricity emissions as much as we could through lots of different projects, but significantly a upgrade to our concert hall, so LED lighting in the concert hall, which we achieved a 75% reduction in the lighting consumption, and also for an upgrade of our chillers, our central plant that's responsible for heating and cooling the building, that achieved another large chunk of uh, electricity reduction. And that was over the last couple of years, and then followed by that, we then uh, offset our emissions by investing in projects in Australia and also overseas that allowed us to achieve our carbon neutral goal. In order to help Colston Hall with their own sustainability ambitions, we'll be here to provide some guidance. Obviously, we have gone down the path of carbon neutrality, so we have a lot of experience and know what kinds of advice that we can provide to pave the way to help Colston Hall also achieve their carbon neutral goal, which is really exciting for us to be able to do, because ultimately sustainability is about working together and being collaborative. So the more we do that, the more successful we can be to create the change that we need to see. Thanks to Emma there from Sydney Opera House, the first carbon-neutral concert hall in the world. The environmental squad there will be the international sustainability advisors for Colston Hall. Very exciting. Now, I'm outside the site office at Colston Hall, which is why you can probably hear quite a lot of construction noise in the background. So I'm going to nip inside somewhere a little quieter and meet someone else. Well, I'm inside one of the site offices at Colston Hall uh, with Alex Roberts, who is the Senior Sustainability Manager for the construction team Wilmot Dixon. Hi, Alex. Hi, nice to meet you. Now, you guys are the contractors for this redevelopment project and you're a carbon neutral contractor. What does that mean? Uh, so what it means is we, we've done what we can uh, to reduce our direct emissions as much as possible. Uh, in fact, we've reduced them 58% since 2010. 
part of that was reducing our transport emissions by 27% since 2012. So we've achieved that by putting CO2 limits on our company car fleet. Uh, we implement travel plans to encourage sustainable travel. And we also offer a green bonus as well to, to try and reduce emissions associated with us traveling around the country on business. We also procure 100% renewable electricity for our offices and for our sites. And we've also concentrated uh, really heavily on actually how we set up our sites and the kind of plant and equipment that we use. And we do what we can to use a more efficient plant and, and machinery on site. So we're the only company in our sector to have achieved the carbon trust standard. That requires continuous year-on-year improvement in our reduction in our carbon emissions. And what we also do then is voluntarily offset our unavoidable emissions. So through a certified scheme, uh, we offset carbon. In the short term, it's fantastic for us to offset our emissions in that way. In the long term, we do want to get to a point where we no longer need to offset and our direct emissions get to zero. And what sort of impact does the construction industry actually have on the environment? How big is it? It's significant. In terms of carbon emissions, uh, the UK Green Building Council have estimated that the built environment contributes around 40% of UK carbon emissions. But there's also uh, significant amounts of waste material that are produced through the construction process, uh, raw materials that are extracted to create new buildings as well. So, yeah, the challenge is vast. And what's the environmental impact of Colston Hall's redevelopment? Obviously it's an old building, does that make a difference? In terms of sustainability and construction, the most sustainable thing that you can do is use what you've already got and not have to create a new building. So the fact that we're continuing to use a historic building is fantastic. That is more sustainable than knocking it down completely and building a new one. There are challenges with traditional building stock. There's an ongoing challenge of trying to balance the the impact on the heritage of the building whilst also improving the energy efficiency at the same time. And that's really a challenge that the UK faces across all of its traditional building stock. So in terms of the construction of Colston Hall at the moment, how are you keeping it sustainable? What are some of the processes? We do a lot to reduce the volume of construction waste that we produce on site. We've got uh, an innovative waste incentive scheme that helps reduce the waste associated with the supply chain. Also, we're able to divert nearly 100% of waste from landfill. So we're working on a housing project at the other side of Bristol, and one of the things that we've done there is to take waste plastic from the construction process We've repurposed it into a bitumen replacement and essentially created plastic roads. That's a really cool idea. So after construction, how will Colston Hall be able to remain sustainable? Well, the building's been designed and constructed using a sustainability assessment method called BRIAM. And it's a very good rating and that puts this project in the top 25% of sustainable refurbishment projects in the UK. However, the biggest challenge in terms of carbon emissions will be the team at Colston Hall understanding how the building's going to be used and how it needs to be operated. So one of the things that we'll do when we hand over the building is we'll offer some training and hand over a building user guide. So it's like an instruction manual essentially for how the building's going to be used. We'll also do ongoing energy monitoring as well. So for the first year of operation, we'll do a post-occupancy evaluation. And what that will do is compare the energy consumption of the building against a target. And if there's a gap there, we'll work with the team to close that gap so the building's being operated as it was designed to be. Awesome. And what if they don't do that and they're naughty and their emissions are too high? Yeah. Tell them off. Yes, or someone in the Colston Hall team will, yeah. <laughs> cool, good idea. Thank you very much for talking to me, Alex. Thank you very much. 
Well, there is some very exciting news for Colston Hall. To become the first carbon neutral concert hall in the country is an incredible ambition. And it's so cool that they're working with Sydney Opera House as well. I mean, is there anyone better in the game that you could possibly be getting advice from? So good luck to them. I reckon they're going to smash the 2030 aim for sure. I'm Harriet Robinson. Thanks a lot for listening. To hear other podcasts in this series and to find out more about the transformation, please visit colstonhall.org slash transform the hall. And to read all about the venue's green commitments, click on their sustainability page.